And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Again, thanks for joining us here on this Thursday night, one day later than normal, since we have both Nevada basketball teams playing last night at El Dorado Springs. Uh, we shifted the uh, Tiger Talk program to tonight, and with no area basketball to cover tonight at Archie, they got whitewashed uh, with, well, literally whitewashed with the snow, <laughs> I guess, uh, uh, was between them and Red Chill. Uh, we end up with uh, domination on Tiger Talk tonight here on Double K Country. So appreciate you joining us, and uh, now being joined by Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. Busy last week for Nevada. Uh, especially since the game guys games got moved up to Wednesday. So that means we've got three games to talk about and one possibly to talk about over the next week. Uh, but we also have a, a seed meeting to talk about that occurred earlier today. And, uh, you know, well, let's just start there, Sean, because uh, earlier today uh, uh, through the magic of Zoom, you were able to hold your Class 4 District 13 seed meeting today. You had a rough idea where you thought you were land and uh, where it would land and looked like it uh, pretty much went status quo. Uh, you end up with the number four seed and uh, we'll play Harrisonville, the five seed in the first round on Monday, February 28th at 830. That'll be at Harrisonville. Uh, but uh, let's just run down real quick. Barstow, Pleasant Hill, Dobnoster, Nevada, Harrisonville, and Clinton in that order. What makes this uh, tournament interesting is that there's only one team above 500, and that's the three seed in Dobnoster. <laughs> so uh, not as cut and dried as, as, as most of these things are when you get this point of the year. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit interesting when you, you look down through and you, you say, okay, Dobnoster with the best record, probably – plays the fifth or sixth toughest schedule. Uh, Barstow with, I think, only nine wins, by far plays the toughest schedule. Uh, Pleasant Hill and Nevada, we both felt like our schedule's probably the second and third toughest one as well. So I think strength of schedule was talked about quite a bit in our meeting and, and played a big part in these seats. Well, as, uh, as you landed in number four spot, uh, and again, we talked last night on post game after the Eldorado Springs game, that's where you thought you'd go. You, you hoped to be able to make a push for three, but Nob Noster was probably going to land there. But uh, um, Harrisonville, is that who you thought you'd see? I thought it would be really close between Harrisonville and Clinton on the 5-6 line. They'd split during the regular season. Uh, Clinton beat them earlier in the year in the Clinton tournament. Harrisonville won their most recent meeting. I think that recency bias came into effect. Um, Clinton was without their best player in the first half of that most recent game. Uh, I, I thought that might play a, a little bit into it. But actually, and that's an, another reason why it's good to have these meetings because the coaches talked about it as uh, Harrisonville had a five-point lead at halftime while Clinton's point guard was out of the game, ended up winning the game by 17 points. So won the second half with Clinton at, at basically at full strength. So uh, I think the fact that they beat them recently played a big part in that. And um, and it, it was going to be really close between those two. Had had we been able to beat Pleasant Hill a, a week or two ago at their place, then I think we would have just swapped places with them. We would have been deciding, you know, should we be the two or three seed? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would have been slotted in at the four line. But Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and uh, I think Pleasant Hill's strength of schedule really uh, played a big part in the fact that, that they moved ahead of Nob Noster onto the two-line. That game is on Monday, February 28th at 8.30, where we talked about the, the girls' district seating. They actually have a 4 o'clock game on that same Monday, so the, the split-split doubleheader on that Monday. Uh, February 28th, they play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, their first-round game. Uh, since we're already talking about it, uh, if you do happen to get by Harrisonville in that first round, you play the very next day uh, against Kansas City Barstow. They do have the one seed. Again, you already mentioned only nine wins, but a very difficult schedule. So what do you know about Barstow in case you happen to see him? Barstow has two players that dominate the scoring column for them. And Barstow, in recent years, has been a Final Four-type team. 
Um, they're maybe not at that level athletically like they have been in, in recent years, but they play a lot of class four, five, and six schools in the Kansas City area, and uh, they'll be battle-tested. And uh, anytime you match up against Barstow, you can expect them to try to play a fast-paced, up-and-down, full-court style. So it, it, when you play them, it's a matter of control the tempo. They're two stars, so to speak. You've got to hold them in check. And uh, I haven't watched a ton of film on them, but uh, we'll – Playing back-to-back like that, we'll have to do some advanced prep, and uh, no doubt over the next week uh, we'll learn a lot more about them. Yeah, we'll get a chance to talk more about that uh, next week. We do have another Tiger Talk next Wednesday night before the district tournament rolls around, so let's move back into the regular season. You played three games over since we last visited last Wednesday. Started last Friday down in McDonald County against the Mustangs, who uh, ended up uh, winning the uh, Big 8 West Division, or at least tying technically, but got the one seed with their win over East Newton on Monday. Did lose to Springfield Catholic in the uh, Big 8 uh, overall championship game on Tuesday, in case you hadn't heard that. But uh, you pick up a 60-43 to loss to the Mustangs. Certainly knew a tough battle going in, and uh, Cross Dowd was the story for the Mustangs. Uh, he just had it going on from beyond the three-point line. He ends up with 22 points. He did, Mike. Um, we knew going in he was their most lethal threat with the ball in his hands. And in the first half, really felt like we did a good job against him. He had a couple really tough – 15, 16 footers uh, with a defender on him, knocked those shots down. And as a whole, we felt like McDonald County made some really tough shots. And then on the flip side, we didn't feel like anything was falling for us. So the margin at half was, I think, maybe double digits. But we felt like we'd played better than that and that if we could just get some things to go our way, we could cut into the lead and give ourselves a chance in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, while we figured some things out on the offensive end, We had some defensive breakdowns on Dowd. One time we substituted, poor communication. And if you're going to lose somebody, that's not the guy to lose. Wide open, hit a shot. Um, On another possession, on shooters, we go over those ball screens. We turn them into drivers. We don't allow them to shoot the ball coming off a ball screen. For some reason, went under that ball screen. He made us pay from the top. So uh, just some some self-inflicted wounds in the second half. defensively whenever we had the offense rolling so when you play a good team an athletic team you've got to have four quarters at the defensive end where you're locked in um, unfortunately that wasn't the case well let's talk about the offensive end because you had 13 first half points but rebounded to get 30 and in the, in the second half certainly shot the ball better uh, but what were some of the things that turned it around offensively well you you hit the nail on the head shot the ball better and we've seen that uh it really magnified here recently teams with length i think the scouting report is out on us now that if you play us man-to-man, we've got some guards that can, can drive to the basket. Jeremiah Collins can put the ball back in. Uh, offensively, our numbers show we are much better against a man defense. And uh, Teams with length that have zoned us, they've been able to, to pack in the paint. Evan hasn't been able to finish around the basket as easily. Jeremiah hasn't been able to get those stick backs. Leo hasn't been able to score around the basket as easily. So that really turns us into a more perimeter-oriented team. We've got guys that can make shots, but we've been really, really streaky. Um, and I think it was just, just a matter of we didn't hit those shots in the first half, hit them in the second half. And uh, hopefully, coming down the stretch here, we can start to find some consistency. Well, uh, 60-43 to 43 loss in that uh, Big 8 uh, West finale for Nevada. The, uh, actually, uh, Nevada, uh, actually, not their finale, so Cassville next week, but uh, went to 2-3 and three in the Big 8 West at that point. And uh, still looking for win number six. That would come eventually. But uh, first of all, you had to take on Aurora on uh, Tuesday in the Big 8 West crossover game. The Aurora Hound Dogs, uh, this was five versus five, according to the ladder. But you were playing a 16-7 and seven, uh, Hound Dog team, and uh, – 
pretty tough draw against the Hound Dogs. It was. They're a heck of a team. Uh, the the Frigal kid is a, a really nice player. And then you just – their size and length um, is really a tough matchup. They, they switched from man to zone, but it didn't take them long to figure out that zone was going to, going to give us trouble. And uh, uh, a really good five seed, so to speak, Mike. And uh, we did a good job defensively again. Um, I think uh, when I read the the box score afterwards, held them to 0.7 points per possession. Anytime you hold a team under a point per possession, you feel like you've defended really well and given yourself a chance to win. Unfortunately, 8% shooting from the three-point line, and I think under 35% shooting from two uh, is not going to get it done, no matter how well you defend. Yeah, 49-36 was the final. Field goals were just playing out, playing out tough to get. I only had eight field goals total in the game. Four of those came in the fourth quarter. Boy, and uh, you know we've talked about this roller coaster on the on these shooting nights for Nevada, and, uh, and I'm sure you'd like to have some idea how you're going to shoot going into a ball game. And we hit a couple early. I think maybe yeah. two of our first three or two of our first four went in. And um, we've got to understand that if if shots are not falling, to realize that you know if we've missed a couple in a row get to the free throw line see a free throw go in Uh, it's amazing how if you get to the free throw line or if you get a two-point bucket all of a sudden that that next three seems to go in more often and our shot selection mike is not poor that a lot of the threes that we get are good ball reversal good inside out uh kick and shoot three balls and uh, just right now, it is a roller coaster, like you said, on if those will or will not go in. So we've just got to be more balanced and not just decide that, well, if we shoot it well tonight, we'll have a chance to win. If we don't shoot it well tonight, we won't. Uh, find that balance by getting to the free throw line and, and also trying to generate some two-point buckets. Well, you did shoot well from the free throw line. What, 16 to 23 from the line that night? Uh, Evan Ray had 10 of his 13 points from the charity stripe. So you got to the line, and when you did, you were successful. Evan did a much better job of getting to two feet using fakes to move defenders, and then drawing those fouls. So we've talked about when we attack the basket, it can't be throw up a shot or try to find a a pass last second. Drive with the purpose to score. If the score is not there, get to two feet where you can fake and you can pivot. So many kids nowadays are undisciplined protecting the basket. They want to jump and block shots. We can get to the foul line, and then, like like we've done a pretty good job of lately, we can kick it out and find those open shooters. So uh, we've got to continue continue to use the foul line to generate those points. Well, uh, Nevada dropped that one, 49-36, moved them back, back into action the very next night. Again, Eldorado Springs was actually supposed to be tonight, but uh, the weather uh, – uh, caused that one to be moved up a day to last night. And on the boys' side, it certainly paid off. Nevada getting a 50-37 to win against El Dorado Springs and uh, just kind of 180 the other way. Yeah. <laughs> shoot, the, shoot the ball well. Uh, 12 threes in last night's ball game. Yeah, I mean, I joke, as frustrating as Tuesday night's game mm-hmm. was, during the day Wednesday, just people talking about the El Dorado game and stuff, just said, you know, the law of averages says we're going to shoot it well. Well, <laughs> That's not exactly how the law of averages actually works. And um, you just didn't know going in. But uh, talk to different guys individually uh, between Tuesday night and Wednesday morning just about having confidence, not allowing uh, a poor night to, to carry over and snowball, to just look at last night's game as a new game, a new opportunity. Um, and I thought 
a lot of guys executed their roles really, really well. And then when Cade Bishore got hot, we did a good job of just kind of feeding that hot hand. Well, he did. He had 21 points, had six trays, four of those in the first quarter. I think, I, in fact, I think he went four of four on his first four attempts. Uh, may have been, wasn't there. I can't recall. But anyway, 21 points, six trays. Um, and uh, good to see the junior uh, um, kind of take control offensively. And, uh, and we've seen sparks of that. We haven't seen it consistently, but uh, uh, he had a good scoring night at McDonald County and, and another one here against the Elder Springs last night. Right. Uh, he and Bryce Budd have kind of taken turns getting hot from the three-point line. And uh, while they both had a poor shooting night Tuesday against Aurora, Cade's the kind of guy he's not going to let that deter him. He he's going to continue to to step up and look to look look to carry the team. And um, it's amazing when that first one goes in, the confidence that gives you. Uh, buried that first one, and then the, the team kept finding him. And one of my favorite plays then uh, was Mike was into the first quarter. We've got a little set we run where we throw a skip pass over the top to a shooter. We we flare screen in the backside and. We haven't always executed that play as well as we need to. Uh, that's a play we used to run for Logan Applegate a lot. seemed like we'd get him a lot of late clock threes. Uh, it was really good to see our guys execute that. And whether you make the shot or don't make it, you like to, to get that look and give yourself a chance late. Uh, that, that was kind of the exclamation point on the end of that first quarter. And I felt like that really, our guys really had a lot of energy and, and just a, a, a good spark uh, throughout the rest of the game after finally getting that monkey off our back and shooting it well. Well, certainly a good crowd on hand, as we always expect to see. I was curious if the date change would affect that at all. It didn't seem to. Uh, one of those nights, again, 19 miles apart. It's good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, uh, their girls team obviously is very, very talented. Uh, so just one of those nice, uh, good atmospheres. Like we saw at McDonald County last Friday as well. Yeah, it's, it's fun to play in high school games when communities turn out to support both teams. And when not only is there a good f- crowd there, but the crowd is into the game and I really you know like you said McDonald County that was a good atmosphere and last night really really was fun and it it like we would expect a lot of people made the drive over uh, to support the Lady Tigers and the Tigers last night and we really do appreciate that. Eldorado Springs uh, looks like they got some talent coming up uh, you know they lose Will McKinney but uh, this Landon Murray is 5'10 sophomore and 5'10 uh, and maybe generous but uh, yeah. it looks like he's gonna be a player for them. He is, and I'd like to mention that I, I thought Bryce Budd did a heck of a job. Mm-hmm. A couple threes he hit from deep in the in the in the first half that you can talk about. Okay, he'll shoot it from deep, but it's just not human nature to have a hand up that far out. Bryce quickly learned his lesson, and uh, just he, Bryce relishes that role of of trying to guard the other team's best guard and not letting them have easy touches when they do touch it making them do something that's not their favorite thing to do. and uh, I, I don't know how many he had in the second half, but as soon as Bryce kind of figured him out, did a phenomenal job on him in the second half. And the Murray kid was visibly worn out, I thought, uh, in the fourth quarter and just was not as aggressive going to get the ball and going to make plays as he was early. So he's a heck of a player. Eldorado's going to have a, a good squad coming back. Uh, I, I thought uh, the Gordon kid, the freshman, was a good spark mm-hmm. for them off the bench. Uh Longtime Nevada teacher Phil Gordon, that's his son, and uh, he did some really nice things as a freshman. So I'm sure he'll slot into that starting lineup for them next year, and uh, they'll they'll be a, an athletic long group. 
some of those guys, I think the bigs are just juniors. So uh, if those guys keep growing, keep developing, uh, we're going to have another tough matchup on our hands next year. Well, your guys had to come up with some shots in the, in the fourth quarter because they made a, they made a run at you. They got back uh, into the ball game after you extended the lead, and uh, you needed to come up with some shots, and you did. And uh, not just uh, getting inside, decided to go long range. Uh, with Owen Swearingen, Bryce Budd, and Leo Gaiman all hitting big threes in that fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a total team effort. And Evan was the kind of the driver, the facilitator. And rightfully so, those they were really shading Cade, trying to find Cade. And uh, great job by those guys just stepping up and hitting those shots. And again, we've got a lot of guys that can knock that shot down. It's just been very inconsistent to this point. So good to see him not only knock down shots, but in that "quote unquote" clutch time was really good to see. Well, it's been the, it's been the, always the question all season long when the, on these nights where you've had success, can it, can you take it forward? And that's the, I guess that's obviously the question again here. It is, and and we talked about it being a team win. Um, Jeremiah Collins, Leo Gaiman, Owen Swearingen, they defended those bigger players from El Dorado really, really well. Uh, Leo rebounded it in the fourth quarter, I thought, extremely well. And uh, we were just, while they were taller than us at the forward positions, we were more physical. And we've already talked a lot about what the guards did. So just continuing to carry that on. And our, our message here recently has been four quarters at both ends just trying to execute our game plan and shots fall or don't fall for our opponent shots fall or don't fall for us if we feel like we're executing the game plan at both ends we'll give ourselves a chance to win against smith cotton against Cassville, into the district tournament and if you can get hot at the end uh, it, it can be really really fun uh, to see see what you can accomplish well nevada's got two more games on the schedule uh, before the end of the regular season one of those is scheduled for tomorrow uh, and uh, it remains to be seen whether or not uh, that will be played tomorrow or not. But the uh, Smith Cotton Tigers are scheduled to be here tomorrow night coming out of Sedalia. Sedalia, just like in Nevada, got uh, a lot of snow and uh, it may be even worse up in that area. Uh, I think that's where the track was headed uh, up towards I 70, uh, the deeper track anyway. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But uh, uh, Smith Cotton team that, uh, has had its struggles over the last couple of seasons. So, what can you tell us about them this year? They returned several players from last year's squad, Mike. Um, last year they had a first-year head coach. I think they got four wins a year ago. and uh, This year I think they've got two wins to this point. So uh, you you look at their schedule, though, and it's they're in a conference with the, the Jefferson Cities, Capital Cities, Rock Bridges of the world. Uh, they're playing Class 5 and Class 6 schools night in and night out. Um, if they do play smaller schools, you're talking the, the Sacred Hearts or the Father Toltons of the world. So... Uh, it's a tough schedule. I think if they were playing a, a class three or four schedule, they'd, they'd probably be a five, six, seven win team. So I don't think you can look at those two wins and just infer where they're at. Uh, common opponents, I know they played Clinton. Uh, that's one of their wins on the year was against Clinton. Um, I talked to Coach Jackson, and, and he thought that was a, a game Clinton had a chance to win. So they're a team, Mike, that they don't have a star player that really stands out to you. They're big. Uh, they've got two or three six five six six kids. So you, you just go into a game like that wanting to do what you do well and execute. Keep them off the glass. Don't give them anything easy. And, and, and just try to play our best basketball. And we feel like if, if we do that, it's a matchup uh, we could have success in. Well, again, that schedule will be a, a doubleheader tomorrow night uh, between Nevada and uh, Smith Cotton. Again, uh, we'll just have to update you once we uh, know for sure if, what's going to happen with those dates if they are not played tomorrow, if they're rescheduled, if they're played at all. So uh, we'll get you uh, the information. Again, there's not a lot on the line for these games, so it, it's uh, not like you're deciding anything. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, with that. But uh, I'm sure you want to get some, you know, hopefully – 
get rescheduled early next week because you you don't play again for you know for a week. And in fact, if you hadn't rescheduled the Gasville game, and let's assume that uh, you don't play tomorrow, you would have the potential of having uh, almost two weeks off before district play. Right, and you leave that last week open on your schedule because you want to have time to prepare for the postseason. Mm-hmm. But you just assume and and where we live here in the Midwest that there's going to be weather issues, and you mm-hmm. want to give yourself some room to to make up games. So. We'd like to to get this Smith-Cotton game in. Uh, They only have one game on their schedule next week, as Mm. do we. I think they're Tuesday or Thursday. So Mm. hopefully we can squeeze it in on a Monday or a Wednesday if Friday doesn't work out. But our girls, it it would be their last home game on the schedule. Um, We luckily still have that Cassville game to go. And I think both teams would like to play a game against uh, an opponent of similar athleticism uh, just to help keep you sharp for the postseason. So like you said, hopefully we're able to get that in and – We'll update everybody just as soon as we know something. All right, look forward to it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're, this program's airing uh, during the nighttime, of course, but we're recording it in the afternoon, so I'm assuming no practice today, and uh, you're just like, kind of on a holding pattern until you find what's going on, right? Yep, so uh, made, administration made the decision around noon that, that we were not going to practice, and as I made my way in today, Mike, uh, the roads are, are pretty rough shape, uh, so uh, just messaged our guys and said, especially coming off back-to-back, just, there was no go shovel someone's driveway <laughs> assignment today or anything like that. It was just a good job last night by by the JV and the varsity and and enjoy the day off, stay safe, stay warm, and try to watch some film if you can on, on some of our upcoming opponents, and then uh, just wait to wait to hear on Friday if if we're in school, not in school, playing, not playing, practicing, not playing, and uh, hopefully we find something out. Uh, Friday morning on just exactly what our plan is going forward. All right, very good. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward. You, you mentioned the JV. They did get an impressive win last night in El Dorado Springs. Uh, uh, they have two games left. Your C team, I believe, is done. Is that right? Yep. So uh, how'd their season go? It went well. I was talking to Coach Wolf, and uh, he thinks they finished up 9-4. and four. He <laughs> he doesn't get real caught up in the win-loss record or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, that, we really like our younger groups, Mike, and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about mm-hmm. them. But – uh, you know, we've seen at the varsity level some freshmen get some time. I think, I think we dress out between the JV and the varsity. I think there's five, maybe actually six freshmen that are playing either JV or varsity basketball mm-hmm. for us, and then just a, a, a really a, a truckload of sophomores as well uh, in that mix as well. So those guys have continued to get better and better. They're coachable. They play really hard. So uh, uh, the future definitely is bright for us uh, with those younger groups. All right, look forward to that going forward. We wish you the best of luck uh, whenever, uh, if and when the Smith-Cotton game is played. Wish you the best of luck on that. And uh, we'll come back, uh, unless you're playing next Wednesday, we'll come back and talk about it uh, uh, on next week's program. So uh, thanks for battling the snow to get in here, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, I appreciate it, enjoyed it, and yeah. uh, looking forward to seeing you whenever that may be. <laughs> Tiger head coach Sean Gray will come back, and I'll wrap up tonight's program. Again, no wrestling segment tonight. Forrest Drury, obviously a little bit busy uh, today uh, with his uh, guys up at the uh, state wrestling tournament. And at the time we're recording, I can't give you their final results for the day, but uh, we'll have that, of course, per- certainly on KNEM, KNMO, and our sportscast on, on KNEM, KNMO.com. But we'll come back, and uh, we'll wrap up tonight's program on Tiger Talk after this final timeout on Double K Country.